You're listening to Minnesota Native News, Community Health Conversations. This program is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov COVID-19. Anine, hello, I'm Leah Lem. And I'm Anthony Stately. We're back with more conversations, more explorations about how healthcare in Indian country is responding and adapting beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Bigwitch, and thank you all for joining us. Bujou, Dr. Stately, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Leah. How are you? You know, I'm all right. Hanging in there. I just, you know, kind of like uh, pulling those matrix moves, trying to dodge any sicknesses that are coming my way. Oh, you know. yeah, yeah. How, how are you liking the last minute like little tiny winter we got. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. Like I'm just finally surprised some snow showed up. <laughs> happy, I'm happy. Some snow showed up. It's good to see you. Good to be in the same space with you. I really enjoy your company. Yeah, same. Leah, you were able to chat with two great artists this week. Yeah, that's right. So I'm talking with Angela Two Stars and Juliana Enright from All My Relations Arts Gallery. Angela is Sisseton Wapitan Oyate and is the arts director with a background as a public artist and curator. She received her BFA from Kendall College of Art and Design. Angela's art career actually started at All My Relations as an exhibiting artist. You can find her art on the shores of... Bidet Makaska. And Juliana is a member of the Lower Brule Lakota tribe and is an indigenous, queer, non-binary freelance writer and curator, as well as a theater artist and a DJ. They have contributed to local Pride magazine, MPLS Art, and City Pages. They have also curated several art exhibitions. So Angela and Juliana will be joining us to talk about the new exhibit partnership with the American-Swedish Institute called Okizi, or To Heal. But first, let's catch up a bit with where we are. Some good news. Hospitalization rates for COVID-19 and RSV have decreased in recent weeks, and flu hospitalizations have remained steady. It hasn't decreased, but it hasn't increased either, so that's good news. Mm -hmm. And according to the Minnesota Department of Health's syndromic surveillance data, influenza-like illnesses are on the rise in Minnesota. Currently, these infection rates are higher than RSV and COVID-19. Although COVID-19 case rates have dropped all over the state since December, Native Americans, specifically Native American elders, still have the highest infection rates, and according to the latest data, only 9% of our community is fully vaccinated. Good news is that vaccination rates in our community have increased by 1% from last month. And it's been reported that the CDC intends to change the COVID isolation guidelines from five days to relying on symptoms instead. So don't forget to stay up to date on your vaccines as only roughly... 20% of Minnesota's population is caught up on vaccines. As a reminder, not everyone with COVID-19 needs to get antiviral treatments. People who are at high risk with conditions such as heart, lung, liver, or kidney disease on treatment that suppresses their immune system or 
pregnancy should not wait to get tested if they are experiencing COVID-like symptoms. So, some good news and some bad news. Lower hospitalization rates, but only about 20% of the state is fully vaccinated. What do you make of that, Dr. Stately? Well, you know, we did have a really warm patch over the last month, right? We had the warmest January we've ever had. The thing um, about it is, is that when it's warmer outside, people leave the indoors, they gather outside, they do all kinds of other more outdoor activities, I think. Nothing seems to be predictable anymore. <sighs> not this not no. this virus, not the weather, not the climate. None of it seems to be predictable anymore. Well, how do you stay ready, Anthony? So what I try to do is get ahead of it by making sure I'm caught up on my vaccines. I take not one, but two um, allergy meds, one in the morning, one at night, two different kinds to sort of help me manage my allergies better, which I have to do because I live with two dogs and two cats that I'm allergic to. Oh, no. <laughs> that's commitment. Yes, it is a commitment. It's a, you know, it's, it's a labor of love for sure. That's for sure. I'm not the, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Um, don't look shocked. Oh. Don't look shocked. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a 61, so I'm technically an elder, and I have to do things to take care of my my well being because, um, yeah, my children need me. There's a lot of people that need me, and I still have stuff to do. So, yep. Well, and folks like me, elder in training, not quite in the right decade yet, but um, and my family, uh, we have to play our part as well to protect our elders and protect everybody else in our community. I know we've been making some decisions, even when we start to feel like we're coming down with an illness, you know, making sure we stay away from coworkers, you know, making sure our kid stays home from school um, when he is under the weather, even just masking up still, you know, if you start to feel some symptoms, things like that, that, you know, just keeping others in mind. Yeah. Got to keep in mind the impact you have on other people. That's right. So getting sick is pretty rough, but also the healing process is a big part of our health as well. So very much looking forward to this conversation with all my relations, art gallery, and about their exhibit, Okazi, or To Heal. Yeah, me too. I'm very happy to learn more about Angela and Juliana today, their artwork and their exhibit. Sounds really exciting. This is Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations with hosts Leah Lim and Dr. Anthony Stately. Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Hello, Angela and Juliana. First, uh, Juliana, would you like to kick us off? Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Juliana Enright. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I am an enrolled member of the Lower Bro Lakota Tribe of South Dakota, and I am the Gallery and Programs Coordinator at All My Relations Arts. Thank you. And Angela? Hi, my name is Angela Two Stars. Um, I am an enrolled member of the Sisseton Wapiton Oyate, and I am the director of All My Relations Arts. Can you tell us a bit about All My Relations Art Gallery for those who don't know? Sure. 
All My Relations Arts Gallery is a program of the Native American Community Development Institute. Um, our mission is to uplift uh, contemporary American Indian artists um, through a variety of programs, including gallery exhibitions, arts programming, community workshops. Um, we also have a new writers program that's in its second year, and we do uh, partnerships and collaborations, um, all with the goal of uh, sharing Native American stories, culture, language, traditions. Uh, we're located on the American Indian Cultural Corridor on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Great. And I'm so curious about this latest exhibit. You know, Community Health Conversations is about just that health. And when I saw this exhibit being advertised or, or shared around, the idea behind it being to heal, it really struck a chord. So the current ex exhibit at All My Relations is Okizi to Heal. Can you tell me a bit about how that came about? The American Swedish Institute actually reached out to us over a year ago, and they were sharing that they were having this traveling exhibition called Arctic Highways, Unbounded Indigenous People. And they were sharing about the themes around the exhibition, the indigenous Sami people, um, and these particular works by uh, Stina Folkenbrandt and Tomas Kolbexton. Um, and it was these works that were focusing on the reindeer and kind of the migration of the Sami people with the reindeer. And it just started to spark similarities with the, you know, Dakota culture, um, Plains Indians, you know, and our relationship with the buffalo. And so we just started to recognize we have this, these similarities. And so we started um, a relationship with the American Swedish Institute um, with these two artists and became kind of more recognizing the shared similarities in our cultures. So the Sami also experienced um, language loss through boarding schools and, you know, kind of a removal from the land and, and culture. And so as we had more and more discussions, we wanted to share our similarities, but also how and what we are doing to heal from these traumas that have kind of been put upon our, our cultures. So that's how Okizi um, came about as our response to migration and Arctic Highways exhibition. Thank you. And Juliana, do you have anything to add? Yeah, like Angela said, I really think that this um, exhibition just focuses on cross-pollinating these indigenous cultures and the similarities between them. Um, we did an open call um, to welcome in um, some Native artists to talk about this concept of, of what it means to heal for them. Um, so this exhibition uh, among the artists that are Sami and Swedish, um, there's also a blend of tribal affiliations um, talking about their influence uh, of their journey to, to healing through culture. Yeah, and that brings me to my next question. The exhibit is described as being healing impacts of cultural revitalization. What does that mean, Juliana? I think that it can mean a lot of different things for people, but I feel like a lot of the artists um, in this show are really talking about their own individual healing. The um, word okizi is the singular word for healing oneself. Um, so it's really about how the individual can work towards um, 
healing oneself to have a greater collective healing for Native people. Um, so the works are a visual representation reflecting the artist's individual journey of healing through art and culture. Um, and a lot of them use uh, traditional art forms um, from their own heritage and to merge into more contemporary pieces. So I think it's really talking about, you know, this elements of um, connection to language, connection to land um, as a means of healing from historical and generational trauma. Angela? And it's also one thing that was shared is that it's bridging our Indigenous communities um, and recognizing that we have similarities. Um, and there's been so much that we as staff have learned um, as we've collaborated with the American Swedish Institute. Um, and it's just, it's been really wonderful to be able to invite these artists that are in part of the Okizi exhibition to kind of share what healing looks like to them as individuals. And as Juliana was saying, like healing is an individual response of whatever you have inside you that, that you're needing to heal from. And, and so that looks different for everybody. And so to have this variety of works from different artists to kind of show what healing means to them is something that I hope our audience can come in and connect with and, and, um, going to remember like these, these are our cultural practices or traditions or our, you know, language and, and relatives and, um, it can help inspire people to do their own individual work to heal. I wanted to share really quickly too, um, just something that really resonated with me from the conversations, our initial conversations with the, um, ASI and Tomas, the Sami artists involved in the exhibit, uh, was just Tomas's um, take on how colonization really affects um, everyone. Um, and that sort of resonated with me. And uh, one of the quotes that he said was that it's the artist's task to show ways of healing and restoration to their own culture and by extension, the right to our inherited lands and to become a healed people. So I think one of the aspects of this um, exhibition is to really showcase um, how there is a direct negative effect, you know, on culture, on all cultures from this colonization impact. Is there an example piece of artwork that you'd like to share that highlights this healing, this connection between healing and the artist? Well, I can share um, one, which would be Stina Falkenbrandt's work. Um, as we were having these conversations about healing and sharing how Okizi is an individual word for healing versus if you're talking about a healed people, you would call it Okizi P. Um, and so as I was explaining, you know, the Dakota language and, you know, how we, how we use the language is something that's the source of healing. Um, Stina shared uh, a work that's in the front of the gallery, which is like a singular reindeer. Um, and then on the wall behind it, there's the herd of reindeer. And so it's really, she responded to, you know, that word Okizi as an individual responsibility, but it's through that individual, um, you know, work of healing for for others to become healed and so that entire herd becomes healed you know through each you know reindeer or like person um making that decision to heal and having to do that that work and that that courageous work to heal um so i thought that was really interesting that she 
responded to to that Dakota word and and um, shared it through those works that she selected to show in our space. Thank you. Um, was there any significance to the time of year or thought to this time of year when these artworks were put together? Um, well, the Arctic Highways exhibition has been traveling to like numerous places throughout the United States. And so this was the period of time that it was going to be in Minneapolis. So, uh, you know, working out our, our exhibition calendar, you know, there wasn't really any kind of like significance in terms of like cultural reasons, but more just logistically, like the exhibition was coming. So we better plug ours in <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I always think it's interesting that people tell us, our visitors tell us that every single exhibition seems so wildly different from the next one. Um, and I really think that's true about this. It that's, feels a little more, it feels very transformative. And um, there's a, a sense of uh, hopefulness throughout the exhibit, I, I feel like. And there's just a lot of really conversational, uh, thought-provoking works in this exhibit. So I really hope that people can spend some time just really investigating the works, reading the wall tags, and, and seeing the artist's individual stories and connection to the theme. Thank you. So art has this role with healing and the individual that's being highlighted here. Is there any way that either of you have experienced art in healing? I mean, healing is a big part of the work that I do individually as an artist. Um, my my piece, Okchiapi, which is in the Minneapolis Sculpture Garden, um, is very much a healing work. It was inspired by my grandfather um, and his role in like our tribe's language revitalization. But also it became a journey of sharing of my journey of healing through reconnecting with the Dakota language and kind of showing that vulnerability of what I was experiencing of like shame and insecurity and, you know, healing historical traumas, intergenerational traumas as I was, you know, becoming in relationship with the Dakota language and sharing that with anybody who comes to visit that piece um, because everybody's at different places in their language journeys. And so wanting to share kind of what, what we've all ha have to kind of go through in terms of reconnecting with our languages um, and the trauma that's associated with it and the work that we have to do to uh, heal from those traumas that are connected to our languages. And so that's what my piece, um, Okchiapi, became as well as kind of sharing that healing journey. You know, in terms of like art and healing and like the influencing of that, how it does to our work and at All My Relations, I just wanted to point out, you know, uh, in terms of like, the way NACTI um, really incorporates cultural values in the work that we do and how like very much encourage leadership encourages us to take care of ourselves, um, which is not something that I think we would see in, in, in any type of other, you know, organization. I feel very lucky that, you know, we work where we do because we are very mindful of, of these traumas and of these like cultural experiences. And so we're always making sure that we are all um, taking care of ourselves and taking the time that we need. Um, one of the kind of mottos that Robert Lilligren, our president CEO shared, you know, kind of during the pandemic was like, take care of yourself first, your family second and work third. And, you know, that's just like a, I mean, who, who, what work organization like operates with that mindset. And I think, um, you know, we were just talking about this in the office, uh, I think even just yesterday about how, um, how impactful that is because that makes our work better 
is when we're taking care of ourselves, it makes our work that we do better. So that's to me, I think one thing in terms of like healing that NACTI really impresses upon its staff is to take care of themselves. Thank you. And Juliana, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think that, you know, working here at All My Relations Arts, um, it's it's a, a constant heal for me on my own journey into um, to reconnecting with culture. Um, my grandmother and my mother are both boarding school survivors. So there was a, a big disconnect from my culture from a young age um, because of that element of assimilation and forced assimilation. Um, so I think just being able to see uh, representations of Native artists uh, thriving, telling our own stories, um, and really uh, pursuing a career in the art world um, their own way, uh, I think is just an, a huge healing for, for me and something that I can bring back uh, to my family to help them also heal. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit more about the exhibit. Again, it's a collaboration with the American Swedish Institute and All My Relations is hosting Migration from a Sami artist and a Swedish artist. And the American Swedish Institute's Arctic Highways exhibit will feature native artists selected by All My Relations. Um, what, what a cool collaboration. And can you talk a bit about the process? Um, how was the process in selecting the artists? Well, we started out by identifying artists to invite. Uh, one of the first artists that we chose was Keith Braveheart. Um, he he did a piece in 2018 for Northern Spark, which was a big um, Buffalo community um, installation piece around this famous image of this like big mountain of Buffalo uh, skulls, you know, can talking about that genocide of the Buffalo. And we, we wanted to show that piece or show his work around the Buffalo because we were looking at that relationship between the reindeer and the Sami and the Buffalo and the native people here in the plains. Um, and so we invited Keith to join and he agreed. And then we also invited Courtney Leonard, um, who's a Shinnecock artist um, who's looking at uh, boundaries uh, the whale and and then we also invited um Karen Goulet who is has Sami uh heritage and to show her works and then we also wanted to have an open call because I think that's also a good way of just seeing what artists how they respond to what that healing call looks like you know and to to have this um accessibility uh, to the topic, you know, and we're always looking at ways of giving artists opportunities to uh, um, exhibit in the gallery. So to have an open call for the artists, um, it was it was a little bit challenging because we had limited space because three of the works are very large. And so we were um, had some curatorial challenges in terms of like how many works we could accept um, and also which would be shown in our space versus which would be shown over at the American Swedish Institute. So, but that's always the fun part um, in times of, in terms of curating is, is that problem solving that we get into, but yeah, it's a great group of artists that we have on display. Some of them is their first time being on exhibit on my relations. And that's always just wonderful because we know how important that has been in artist careers. So. Great. Yeah. I see some, uh, 
familiar names here in this list of over a dozen artists. Juliana, is there anything you'd like to remark on? Um, I always think it's interesting when there is a natural symmetry to uh, a jury show. Um, the works in the front portion of the gallery, um, you know, mention that relationship with the reindeer. Um, and there's also the works by Courtney Leonard, who are who is also talking about this element of migration, of whale migration, and the concept of animals knowing no boundaries or no borders. Um, so those fit together really well, and they tell that story. Um, and then we also have a few pieces that talk about, you know, the really traumatic experience in boarding school next to um, Abby Sunday's piece, which is a glass sculpture of sugar bushing or maple tapping with little tiny uh, maple communion-esque uh, little cups. And so I feel like they kind of speak to each other because that's a more like healing indigenous version of this kind of traumatic Catholicism um, element. So it, they really all just kind of speak to each other. Keith's piece um, that Angela was mentioning with the buffalo skulls uh, really also is in conversation with the um, Delia Touche's piece, which is also a buffalo uh, elements incorporated of uh, screen prints and uh, book art. So there was just kind of a natural communication that the, the works seem to have with each other. Great. And let's see, what are the like logistics. Can you tell me a bit about when All My Relations is open? So our gallery hours are Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 5, and then Saturday we're open uh, 12 until 3. Um, but also, you know, the coffee shop opens up earlier than those hours, so sometimes people can sneak in, you know, for for uh, viewing uh, the works before we're technically open, but it's it's just it's not just what it is with it being a community space, and it's not something that we, you know, we don't lock the doors on Mondays just because the gallery is closed. Like people can still go in; they just don't get that personal connection because it's usually Juliana or I are in the gallery, and then I think that gives it like a, a very personal touch that uh, people that come in to visit our space get to see you know, one of us and, and talk to one of us about the ex exhibition. And, you know, since we have so much work invested in these shows and in the artists, like we're like the best people to talk to <laughs> if you want to know about the work and about the theme and the artists. <laughs> so yeah, take advantage of those open hours. <laughs> Juliana. Oh, I just wanted to mention that our exhibition um, runs through April 13th. So there's plenty of time to see it. Um, and we'll also be uh, doing some exhibit programming throughout the next couple of weeks and months um, that will include workshops and artist talks. So stay tuned for that. Well, I've always loved the work coming out of all my relations. I can't wait to check it out when I get back to the cities at <laughs> some point, hopefully. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Juliana Enright and Angela Two Stars. I appreciate you taking time to chat with me. The Okazi exhibit at All My Relations can be viewed until April 13th. You can find out more information about the exhibit at allmyrelations.org. What a great conversation. That was, sure was. Um, can't wait to stop by the gallery. And it's really simple for me because it's right across the street from my clinic. I'm so excited. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. So thank you for listening today. 
Chimi Gritch. I'm Anthony Seatley. And I'm Leah Lem. Gigawabamin, and we wish you health. You're listening to Minnesota Native News, Community Health Conversations. This program is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov slash COVID-19.